It's time to discover your spiritual identity with your host, Mike Shree. There are hundreds of names and titles given to God's people that powerfully reveal who you are, why you exist, and what your purpose is in this world. Each one pulls back the veil of a different aspect of who you are in Christ. Once you learn these names and titles and apply them to your life, you will rise up boldly to be all that God has called you to be. Are you ready? Here's Mike Shree. We are going to be examining a name for God's people that is powerful in its revelation and impact on our lives. It's going to move you up to the next level of faith and boldness in your walk with God. First Peter chapter 4, verse 11 says, If anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. Now, what is an oracle? An oracle is a divinely inspired utterance. In the English language, the word oracle has a triune meaning. It means the utterance, but it also means the person who gives that utterance. And in some cases, it can mean a sacred place from which that oracle or that utterance is given. So it means the spoken statement, the one who brings it forth, and the place where it it happens, the place where it happens. And so these three are one. In the Old Testament, in the King James Version of the Bible, the word oracle was often assigned to the Holy of Holies, which was the innermost chamber of the tabernacle of Moses beyond the veil, where the Ark of the Covenant resided, where the glory of God rested on the lid of the Ark, which was also called the mercy seat. And there, God's presence radiated in between the two cherubim. And he told Moses that he would commune with him, that he would speak to him from that place. No wonder it was referred to as the Oracle. However, in the New Covenant, we become the tabernacles of God. We become the place where the glory of God indwells. And God desires to speak out of his people now. And God desires to use you to communicate to the world the truths that you've learned and that have transformed your lives. In the New Testament, the word oracle is translated from the Greek word logion, which means an utterance of God. The New Living Translation says that we should speak as though God himself were speaking. What a high calling. What a challenge to walk in that kind of mindset and heart set and to curb our speech until when we speak, it has impact. Similar to the prophet Samuel in the Old Testament, it said not one of his words fell to the ground. In other words, when he spoke, it had impact. When he spoke, it changed lives. When he spoke, people knew he was representing God. Now, the word oracle appears four times in the New Testament. Acts chapter 7, verse 38 Romans chapter 3, verse 2, Hebrews chapter 5, verse 12, and our key scripture, 1 Peter 4, 11. Let me go back through those verses so that you get a full view of the meaning, the essence of what the word is conveying. In Acts chapter 7, verse 38, Stephen, the first martyr of the church, is preaching how Moses received 
the living oracles to give to us. So he attaches the descriptive word living to the word oracles. They were alive with the presence of God, alive with revelation knowledge, alive with the divine nature being communicated to the people who heard what Moses had to say. They were living oracles. In Romans chapter 3, verse 2, Paul explained the advantage of being Jewish, and he claimed that the oracles of God were entrusted to them. And that was a reference to the entire Old Testament. And of course, now that expands to include all 66 books of the Bible. Every word, every phrase, every verse is an oracle of God, and the book as a whole is oracular in nature. In Hebrews chapter 5, verse 12, the author of that epistle states that the people reading it should already be teachers, but unfortunately they needed someone to teach them again the first principles of the oracles of God. In other words, the basic doctrines of both the Old and New Covenant that would become a foundation in their lives. Now, the only other time we find the word oracle in the New Testament is 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 11, and that's our main key verse. Now, there are four main ways we fulfill this calling, and I want you to take all of them to heart. There are four primary ways we release this calling in our lives. Number one is very simple, foundational, fundamental, it means speaking positive words, virtuous words, godly words, convicting words, faith-filled words in our day-to-day -day conversations with others. We may not even quote a scripture verse. We may not even reference the Bible, but we're talking in speech that exhibits the character of God that releases the fruit of the Spirit into manifestation. When we speak, people feel love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, faithfulness, goodness, meekness, temperance. They feel the character of God contained in the way we say things and what we say. And if we do that, we're speaking as oracles of God. The second way we fulfill this calling moves up a little higher. That's declaring the written word, quoting biblical passages, sharing concepts out of the scripture. And as Ephesians 4.15 says it, speaking the truth in love. While what a privilege, what an honor, what a calling, what a responsibility we have. Jesus was the word made flesh. And when he stood up to announce his ministry in the synagogue at Nazareth, he said, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me for he has anointed me to preach good tidings to the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Now notice that four of the five things he said he as the Messiah was anointed to do involved speaking, that he was called of the Father to proclaim the good news of the gospel, that he had come for this purpose. Of course he did. He was the word made flesh. 
but you and I are called to be epistles of Christ, which means we express the word in a lesser way, certainly than Jesus, the firstborn son, but we still are vessels of the word of God. So we declare the written word and we speak the truth in love. I really appreciate what God said to Joshua in chapter one, verse eight of that book. He told Moses' protege these wonderful words. He said, let not the book of the law depart out of your mouth, but meditate therein day and night that you may observe to do all that is written therein, for then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. If success and prosperity could come to Joshua just by constantly speaking the words of the Torah, which was an insufficient, incomplete revelation of God, how much more will prosperity and success come to us now that we have the word of reconciliation, the word of his grace, the complete revelation that came in the New Testament. So all day long, we should look for opportunities to speak as oracles of God, to put a scripture here, a Bible passage there, to remind someone of a promise of God. There's 7,487 of them in his word. We should be speaking them every day and expecting their fulfillment. Now, the third way we fulfill the calling to be oracles of God is to speak prophetically under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Now, you can share scriptures, and the scriptures themselves are anointed because the scripture, the Bible, is saturated with the presence of the Holy Spirit. But if you really walk in sensitivity, you will know what to say, who to say it to, when to say it, so that you're not just sharing the scripture in a general sense, but now you're speaking prophetically into people's lives and their eyes get wide and excitement rises within them because they know this is not just coincidental. This is a God incidence that you said something that dealt specifically with exactly what they're going through. Now, when we sharpen our spiritual gifts the way they should be sharpened, we may possibly experience uh, the two supernatural gifts listed in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, the word of knowledge and the word of wisdom. And then we will be speaking as oracles of God in a very effective prophetic way. The word of knowledge is insights into a person's life into their thoughts, their emotions, the events of their life, facts of their life, where you did not have that knowledge prior to that moment. Uh, like Jesus speaking to the woman at the well, telling her that she had five husbands and the one that she had at that time was not her own. So she heard him speak as an oracle of God when he flowed in the word of knowledge to her. But there's also something called the word of wisdom which is having a sensitivity to what God wants you to share at a given time. You have the wisdom to deal with a situation, the wisdom to bring healing to a hurting heart. It may not be supernatural knowledge about that person's life, but it's supernatural wisdom. You're conveying to them what God would want you to convey to them. Now, on the fourth level, 
We speak as oracles of God when we speak with divine authority, which I would call praying the prayer of faith. The prayer of faith is not a pleading prayer. It's not a begging prayer. It's not a prayer where you say, oh God, would you do this and would you do that? As God's representative, you speak with the same level of authority he would speak if he was there in the circumstance. Uh, like Michael the archangel that rebuked Satan when they struggled and strove over the body of Moses, Michael the archangel said, the Lord rebuke you. He didn't say, oh, Father God in heaven, please move Satan away from Moses' body. He acted as the emissary of heaven, as God's spokesperson, and he said to the devil, the Lord rebuke you, and Satan bow down to the authority of God that was in Michael the archangel. Well, you and I at certain times should speak with a similar kind of authority. I've seen it work. I've seen it work miraculously. I believe that's something the Bible calls the prayer of faith. The prayer of faith shall save the sick and the Lord shall raise him up. When Peter prayed for the man at the gate, beautiful. He didn't plead with God to heal him. He said, silver and gold have I none, such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. That was a commanding prayer. That was an oracular prayer. He spoke as an oracle of God. And there's example after example in the New Testament where this took place. Now you have to have divine inspiration to flow in that kind of authority. And that's why John 15 verse 7, the words of Jesus, communicates it this way, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. Because when you're really abiding in him, his desire becomes your desire. Now, you can't just indiscriminately start commanding and whatever you say is going to come to pass because Lamentations chapter 3 verse 37 says, who is he who speaks? And it comes to pass when the Lord has not commanded it. See, Jesus walked in divine inspiration. He said, I don't do anything unless I see my father do it first. The words that he spoke, the works that he accomplished, we're all under divine inspiration. And that should be our highest aspiration if we're going to seek to fulfill this calling to be oracles of God is to walk under divine inspiration, no matter what kind of challenge we may face. And for a few moments, let me share with you a very challenging time I faced many years ago. I was conducting a tent meeting in Monroe, North Carolina. And that's when Hurricane Hugo was coming up the coast of North Carolina. And it spawned a lot of uh, near tornado-like storms. It was very, very rough weather. And we were in from the coast, but it was still dangerous. However, I felt led to go ahead and have our meeting that night in the tent. And we double-staked the tent. We laid telephone poles down and wrapped the chains around the telephone poles. We made it as secure as we could. And I was preaching with this horrendous outpouring of rain that was almost a deafening roar. And all of a sudden, a blast of lightning hit the center pole of the tent. 
And unfortunately, I was the closest one to the center pole. And the fire of that lightning ran down the pole, jumped off the pole, hit the microphone in my hand, and then went through my body and out my feet. And it was, to say the least, it was a very energizing experience. It was intense. To this day, when I preach over in that region of the country, I have somebody inevitably that will come up and say, I was there the night you lit up in the pulpit. Uh, and they laugh about it, but it was no laughing matter when it happened. I really, I, I believe I came close to death. That intense flow of electricity going through me was almost unbearable. But then I came back to my senses and I picked the microphone back up and started preaching. Well, a young lady, the daughter of a minister that was attending that night had severe scoliosis, so severe you could see the spine protruding from her blouse when you could see her from the back. And she also had one leg that was an inch and a half shorter than the other to the point where she had to wear an elevator shoe uh, in order to be balanced when she walked. And she ran up to me and she said, Preacher, if you can endure a lightning blast, you can pray the prayer of faith for me. Well, to be honest with you, I felt like saying, honey, I'm the one who stands in need of prayer. But I thought if her faith is high, I will align my faith with the word of God and join my faith to her and will command her condition to be healed by the power of Jesus' stripes with his stripes. She was healed according to 1 Peter 2.24. So I spoke with authority and intensity. And I said, in the name of Jesus, be healed. And the power of God hit her and her body shook. And when she came out from under the anointing, every vertebrae in her back was straight and her leg had grown out an inch and a half to the point where she had to take her shoes off or it would get her unbalanced and she wouldn't be able to walk. And that was wonderful. It was amazing. It was one of the most powerful miracles I've ever seen in my ministry. And it happened because I dared to pray the prayer of faith and pray and speak as an oracle of God, just like Jesus prayed. If we want his results, we need to use his methods. And when he prayed for the blind, he said, receive your sight. He didn't beg the father and say, oh, father, please give this person their sight. And when he prayed for the deaf, he said, receive your hearing. When he prayed over the dead, he commanded them to rise from the dead. And you and I, if we're going to be effective in praying for the miraculous and praying for people to be healed, we must learn this lesson of speaking as oracles of God when we pray. And then we'll see much greater results. Jesus said, in Matthew 17, 20, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. Thank you for listening to Discover Your Spiritual Identity with Mike Shree, a podcast designed to cause a spiritual awakening in your life. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, cpnshows.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss new episodes. You can go deeper into this amazing revelation of the names God has given his people by getting your copy of Mike Shreve's book titled, Who Am I? Dynamic Declarations of Who You Are in Christ. 
We also invite you to visit our website, shreveministries.org, and sign up to be part of our global internet family, a group of on-fire believers who are bold to proclaim, I am who God says I am, I have what God says I have, and I will be what God says I will be. 